when we consider the, the city of Jericho, we have an opportunity to think upon our Lord Jesus Christ. And Joshua, he received a sight of uh, the Son of God there before the, the conquest of Jericho. In Joshua 5, when he saw the captain of the Lord of hosts with a drawn sword in his hand, he saw a sight of Jesus Christ, the conqueror, who rode forth conquering and to conquer the same sight that's given to us in the revelation of one that is seated upon a a white horse who judges and makes war in righteousness and truth. Christ is a mighty conqueror. Christ shall tread his enemies under his feet. Christ shall break his enemies with a weighty rod of iron as easily as a potter's vessel is broken. This is the the living Christ uh, that is striding throughout the earth by the preaching of His Word. Christ, a mighty conqueror. And when we consider Jericho, we have a view not only of Christ, the mighty conqueror of His enemies, but we also have a view in Jericho of Jesus Christ does not break the bruised reed. We have a view in Jericho of Christ that came to seek and to save the lost. We have a view when we consider Jericho of that very Christ who left the ninety and nine and who sought that one lost sheep until he found it. We have in Jericho a sight of Jesus Christ seeking his own. And by that I mean Rahab. And in our text this morning in Hebrews 11 and verse 31, we read that by faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Let's consider this lost sheep that Jesus Christ found, even Rahab. We'll consider Rahab's past, Rahab's danger, Rahab's faith, Rahab's fruit, Rahab's legacy, and Rahab's offspring. First of all, consider Rahab's past. Even in the way she's referred to here in the New Testament, her past stays with her in a certain way. By faith, the harlot Rahab. We read in our Bibles of Matthew the publican, of Paul the chief of sinners, the reminder of the sinful past of those whom Christ has saved. It serves to humble those whom Christ has saved. It serves to magnify and glorify the gracious God who in Jesus Christ saves those that are truly sinners. Rahab's past, she was a harlot. The law of God says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. The law of God and the seventh commandment pointed out Rahab. Thou 
sinner, thou transgressor. Rahab by her sin, her habitual sin, she defiled and debased herself. She sinned against her very body. Rahab, by her sin, ensnared others. For a whore is a deep ditch, and a strange woman is a narrow pit. Rahab was like the ditch, the construction ditch, that is not fenced around. There are no warning signs around it. And men fell in to the ditch in Jericho. She damaged lives. She worked irreparable harm by her seductive and ensnaring sin. This is the person that God brings before your mind today. Rahab, the harlot. She had a family there in Jericho, father and mother and brethren. But apparently she wasn't a captive. She wasn't in a faraway land. She hadn't been carried off by war. She was amongst her own people in her own city. And yet, she was a harlot. God's providence was busy with that woman Rahab. Even when she was there in her sin, God was putting her in exactly the right place. That sinner Rahab. God provided so that she, she had a home and the home was in the wall of the city. God worked it about so that she had flax available. Perhaps she was making linen. She had available a long and strong cord in her house that in the providence of God, it was, it was scarlet. Rahab, the sinner, it was upon her door that two men came knocking one night. Two men of Israel who had been sent uh, by Joshua, who belonged unto Jehovah, the God of heaven. This is where Rahab was in her sin. And yet God's eye was upon her, placing her just where he would have her to be. Not only did Rahab have a past, but Rahab was in danger. Consider Rahab's danger. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. Rahab was in danger of perishing. And this is it's a, a truth that we need to understand. Not only do we need a bare acknowledgement that yes, we are sinners, not only do we need to say, well, none are perfect, but rather, we need to have our carnal security punctured through to realize that sinners are in the hands of an angry God. Rahab, her life was in danger because she dwelt among this, this people of Jericho. And it was 400 years, God told Abraham, that the iniquity of the Amorites was not yet full. And God watched and waited. He gave them rains and seasons of harvest. He waited to see if perhaps they would turn to him. But the iniquity of the people kept growing. 
and growing. They were worshipers of idols there in Jericho. This was a long-established city, and they did not acknowledge Jehovah, the God of Abraham. And then a report came to that city of Jericho after they had been flourishing for so long. A report came that God had brought up His people out of Egypt, that God had parted the Red Sea before the hosts of Israel, that the mighty king of Egypt and his hosts had been drowned and their dead bodies had washed up upon the shore of the Red Sea. They heard a report of the mighty works of God closer uh, to their very doorstep that the kings of the Amorites had been utterly destroyed before the God of Israel. The news of the Lord coming in judgment was not at a comfortable distance away from them, but it was coming close. Just as you and I, we must come close before the presence of the Holy God. And Rahab as we read there, she knew what was happening amongst her people. She says, she speaks of their terror, that they fainted, that their hearts melted. That's exactly what Moses said at the Red Sea. The horse and the rider, he's hurled into the sea. Uh, Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. And Moses prophesied that when the people of Canaan heard about the Red Sea, that sorrow would take hold upon them. And that was Rahab's experience. She had an encounter with a holy God. It was not simply to her a bare word that she heard Oh, the Lord has done such a thing. But that word entered into her very heart and conscience so that she confessed there to the spies, Your God is God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. She confessed that Jehovah was God in heaven, that He was worshipped by holy angels, and that He is God upon earth. He is high and lofty, but He is also near. No walls can keep out God. God sees. God knew how people had been living in Jericho. And He was coming to judge that city. Rahab was terrified. Not because of the army that was going to be amassing on the plains of Jericho. But she was terrified because of her guiltiness before a holy God. We want to know, how is it that God saves people? And Rahab, she is held forth to us as this example of one whom God saved. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not. How did God save her? the first thing that he did was that he gave to her a sense that she deserved to perish. 
In Romans 8, we read of a spirit of bondage to fear. The Christian does not have that spirit of bondage again to fear, but he once did. It's called a spirit of bondage again to fear. And the spirit works generally upon those whom God is going to save. He first brings conviction of sin. We need the Holy Spirit to do this upon the hearts and consciences of men. This is what he did upon Rahab. He caused her to melt and to be afraid before the Lord and to confess that he is God. We need God to do this in the souls of men. Do you know that you must die? Do you know that death is the wages of your sin? Until you know this, until sin, until you acknowledge it as your sin and as deserving death and judgment, until your sin is bitter to you, Christ will never be sweet to you. This is a warning to us when we think about Jericho because Rahab says that the heart of her people melted and there was none of them that had any strength. Everyone felt it, but yet how many were saved? Only Rahab and her house. The whole city had felt a temporary effect of being convicted and having their security punctured through by the knowledge that God was coming. That's a warning to us. What if it would happen that the whole city of St. Louis should hear a report about the Lord and should be gripped by a sense of fear before the Lord, the mighty judge and king? What if the entire city were gripped, but yet one household of the whole city was saved? You see, not everyone who feels some kind of fear or discomfort about their standing before the Lord. Not everyone who feels that is saved. You see, you need to join with the Lord. When the Lord comes to bruise you, you need to bruise yourself. You need to lay siege to the hardness of your own heart and get yourself low before the Lord. We need to take care that we're not like Agag, who said, surely the bitterness of death is past. We need to take care that we're like the Philippian jailer who cried, what must I do to be saved? Rahab was in danger. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. Rahab's danger But also we see Rahab's faith. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not. By faith, how was this faith wrought within Rahab? It was wrought in her by the word of God. The report that she heard, it was wrought in her by the Spirit of God, whom... uh, convinced her of the truthfulness of that which she heard and who 
caused her to cast herself upon this Lord God of whom she heard. When she exercised faith, how do we know that she exercised faith? Well, we read there in in Joshua 2. We read... We read about the lie that she told at the door of her house. It's a pity that so much attention has been paid to Rahab's lie that the truth that Rahab spoke is obscured by comparison. Focus on the true thing that she said. What did she say when the messengers from the king had been um, turned away? She immediately goes up upon the roof And she says unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land. She confesses her deserving of judgment, her deserving with her people to be spewed out of the land. But that's not all. Is this not wonderful? That she also asks for an oath in the Lord's name. Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord. Since I have showed you kindness, that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token, and that you will save alive my father. She asks for life. She begs for life. Now think of that. Here we are, and we live under the gospel. And in the gospel, God offers life to you. He says, whosoever believeth upon Christ shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But what offer of the gospel did Rahab have? A very slender one. She's like the woman of Canaan in a way. What kind of offer did Christ give to her? He simply told her it's not lawful to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. But here where there seems to be uh, no ray of light or encouragement, Rahab seizes upon the name of the Lord, and says, Swear to me by the Lord that you'll save me alive. Give me life. She begs for life. And she is confessing that an oath to her in the Lord's name will quiet her. And that's faith. He who says, An oath in the Lord's name is that which I can rest upon. I won't be afraid of dying if I can but have an oath, a covenant made in the Lord's name. That's faith which rests upon the Lord's name, rests upon His promise as the one security from death. Rahab, then by the work of the Spirit, she had faith. What was the fruit of her faith? Rahab's fruit. And the Lord tells us here that the fruit of her faith was that she received the spies with peace. Faith always bears fruit. Faith without works is only so-called faith. It is proven, uh, the reality of faith proven Uh, by the works that proceed from faith. And so Rahab's work was to do what? But to receive the spies with peace. These spies are elsewhere called messengers. And you might think 
as you're considering Rahab, well, what she did by receiving the spies or messengers with peace, that was something extraordinary. That was something that could only be done one time. Oh, but it's not so, because the Lord Jesus says uh, to his apostles, he says, whosoever receiveth you, receiveth me. It is still your duty as a hearer of God's word to receive the Lord's messengers with peace. And in fact, the reason that Rahab's work of receiving the spies with peace, the reason that evidenced faith is because however you treat the Lord's messengers is how you treat the Lord himself. Don't be deceived about that. People will tend to say, well, the Lord himself I have no problem with. Oh, but this messenger that he's sent, who carries his name and who carries his word, I object to something in the messenger, his weakness or his failures and so on. But you need to understand that when the Lord sends you his messenger bearing his name, that how you treat him is how you treat the Lord himself. The Lord has sent to you indeed in this place a messenger of his word. And this that's his way of, of working. And the fruit of faith, if you how can you know if you have true faith? It is to receive the Lord's messenger with peace, to lay down your arms, to lay down your proud and lofty thoughts that tend to rise up against the Lord and his claims and his word and to surrender unto the Lord who comes to you in his word. And not only to receive the word that the Lord's messenger brings you, but even to receive the messenger himself. And many places in in scripture, uh, the Lord shows us, for instance, in 3 John, uh, which is written to a man, Gaius, about his hospitality and receiving of the Lord's messengers. We We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. And notice that Rahab did this. She received those who bore the Lord's name and were doing the Lord's work. She laid down her proud and lofty thoughts and clung to the Lord's name for salvation of her life from death. But then she also became a fellow helper to these messengers, helping them on their way and that which they had come to do. And so we ought also to do, to help the Lord's messengers in their work. This could be uh, perhaps hosting them with hospitality or perhaps going with them when the gospel is publicly preached in the streets and to distribute gospel literature, to encourage them, to pray for them. But this is a duty Uh, of all uh, who profess to receive the Lord's word to help the Lord's messengers. Notice the ways uh, that Rahab received the spies with peace. In doing so, she demonstrated great fearlessness. When she received the spies with peace, she made herself by that act an enemy of the king of her native city. She couldn't be at peace with the king of Jericho 
and at peace with the spies at the same time. So by receiving the spies, she was risking her own skin. Think about that. A brand new convert, straight out of paganism, who is willing to lay down her life for her new brethren, even uh, these sons of Israel. In the way that she received them, she uh, showed great shrewdness. She hid them under the flax. And the way that she received them, she was demonstrating that her conversation was in heaven, that she preferred God's kingdom above uh, the kingdom of this earth. She was giving up her stake in Jericho by receiving the spies with peace. She was saying that I consent to the destruction of Jericho, and I set myself, set my sights upon receiving a heavenly city that we read of there in Hebrews 11. Where are your sights set? Do you lean upon this world? Do you make it your portion? Or do you set your heart upon a heavenly city? The world, how should we use it? On a cold day, like the ones that we've had recently, suppose there's a fire that is outside. How close do you stand to the fire? You stand close enough to the fire to warm yourself, but you don't stand so close to the fire that you begin to burn your clothing and your skin. That's the way that we ought to use this world. Use it enough to keep ourselves warm, but not standing so close to it uh, that we become singed and burned by it. But that, that's a mark, that's a fruit of faith. Uh, to hate father and mother in one's own life and to set one's desire upon a city with foundations and everlasting portion. That's Rahab's fruit. But also we see something of Rahab's legacy. What is the message of Rahab's life? Well, it has two parts to it. On the one hand, Rahab's legacy is a reproof uh, to the impenitent and the unbelieving within the church in particular. Think of how Rahab, how she was far off and unacquainted with the Lord. But she says, in effect, as soon as we heard what the Lord did at the Red Sea, as soon as we heard what the Lord did to the Ammonite kings, we were all afraid. We realize that the Lord is righteous to give you the land because we've polluted the land by our sins. And when the spies return from Rahab, they come back to Joshua and report that the people of the land are all afraid. If only Israel had believed those two spies that were sent 40 years before, even Joshua and Caleb, they had said, go up and take the land for the Lord is with us. Israel didn't believe those two spies. Forty years passed, a generation passes away in the wilderness, and now two other spies are, pat, are sent into the land, and they come back with the report that this woman and her people are afraid before the Lord. Notice that, that Rahab had a heart of flesh. 
Rahab was given by the Lord a feeling heart, a tender heart uh, that trembled at God's word. Whereas Israel, they had a heart of stone by and large. That the, the pagan woman was more ready to believe that the kingdom belonged to the Lord than even the visible children of Israel. And doesn't our Lord Jesus tell us the very same thing in Matthew 21? He says, Verily I say unto you that the publicans and harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. So just imagine that we had a similar situation here. Just imagine that into your congregation, by the tremendous mercy of God, there came in a harlot. And suppose she showed up later on today. Suppose she sat in on the sermon. She was immediately convicted. And she said, I want to repent of my sins. Can you tell me, please, how I can be saved? Is there any hope for me so that I won't perish? Could you please swear to me in the Lord's name that there's hope for a sinner like me? Do you have any gospel promise that you can give me from the word of God? Suppose she came with hearty sorrow for her sin. And she came with a hunger and thirst for Jesus Christ and a readiness to believe his word. That would be just like Rahab. And would that convict us if this were to happen? Have we been perhaps many times under the word of God, but slow to believe it? And uh, may God, whether literally or through this, the story of this harlot recorded in his word for all times, may he convict us that we are readily to receive and believe the word of God. Rahab's legacy One part of it is a reproof to those who are within the church, slow of heart to believe. And Rahab's legacy, it's also a great encouragement to sinners. Whenever we think of this description by faith, the harlot Rahab, think of this woman. She was, in fact, very unclean by reason of her sin. But yet, the greatness of her sin, the long continuance of it, the habitual and open nature of her sin was no hindrance when she became broken and contrite in heart. Because we have a promise that Christ will not break the bruised reed. And that's what Rahab became. She became a bruised reed, quaking before the Lord and crying for mercy. Understand that though your sins be as scarlet, They shall be as white as wool. Understand that it it cannot be a hindrance unto the mercy of the Lord if your sins are numerous, if your sins are great, if your sins are scarlet, red, and shameful. If Rahab found mercy in the way of faith, of believing the promise, then you too, though you be a great sinner, come unto our God in faith, and you shall find mercy. There is a promise for you. In a way, we could think of this, this harlot Rahab, and we, we see her by our sanctified mind's eye, taking refuge there in her house with her family gathered around her, taking refuge in that one place of, of safety when the walls are falling down. 
and men and women, young and old, are all being put to the edge of the sword. There is one place of safety that God made for that former harlot. There underneath of the scarlet sign, she and her household are safe. It's as if God made a second Passover for the Canaanite harlot. You remember in Egypt, the children of Israel, to be safe, they had to stay within their house. They had to stay within the place where the scarlet blood had been struck upon their doorposts. And God gave a place of safety amidst everything crashing down and burning up. A place of safety for a sinner. And God has that place of safety for you, sinner, that nothing can dislodge. He that takes refuge in Christ is safe. This is Rahab's legacy. Uh, But finally, today, I want to show you something about Rahab's offspring. And we can't pass by this account of Rahab without saying something about her offspring. Our text says that by faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. To say that she did not perish is to say, on the flip side, that she did live. But it was not Rahab living alone. But Rahab, indeed, uh, she gave life. She became a mother. She was one of these barren women to whom the Lord made a home and made her of sons, a mother full of joy. She became a mother in Israel. And really it's, it's not until the New Testament that all the threads of the, the account become tied together for us. That they're tied together. In Matthew chapter 1 and in verse 5 where we read in the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ. We read, And Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. Rahab, by the mercy of God, was grafted into the commonwealth of Israel and became an ancestor, a forebear of our Lord Jesus Christ. Rahab the harlot, she got a husband. She became a wife. She, who had been living in this unclean way, was provided the security, the shelter of a marriage covenant She became the wife of Salmon. And Salmon, he was the son of a very important man. He was the son of Nason. And Nason was the captain 
and the prince of the tribe of Judah. Rahab got a husband, and then Rahab in due time gave birth to a son. She was the mother of Boaz. And you remember that name of Boaz, that wonderful kinsman redeemer. You remember Boaz, how well suited he was uh, to deal with the foreign woman, Ruth the Moabitess, uh, that came in from afar off. You remember Boaz, <clears throat> how tenderly and how sacrificially he dealt with a poor and vulnerable foreign woman. And where did he learn how to do that? Remember that Boaz was the son of this Rahab. His experience suited him to show mercy. And that's like our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is suited, yes, by experience to show mercy unto sinners. And it's not only that. It's not only that Boaz is like our Lord Jesus Christ, but that Boaz, the son of Rahab, was in fact a forefather of our Lord Jesus Christ. That it was through this very line of Rahab that Jesus Christ came into the world. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. This is a trustworthy saying. God was manifested in the flesh. Think of that. The one who is the brightness of God's glory in the express image of God's, of the Father's person. That He came in the fullness of time, made of a woman, made under the law. That God sent forth His Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. That our Lord Jesus Christ, He bore, however distantly, however many generations removed, that our Lord Jesus Christ, He bore the family resemblance of the harlot Rahab. And this coming of Christ into the world is, was necessary it's necessary for Rahab to be saved. It's necessary for you to be saved. That Jesus Christ came into the world, taking the likeness of sinful flesh unto Himself. After all, wasn't Jericho cursed by God? Hadn't Joshua said, the city shall be accursed? even them that are in it, and all that is in the city. There was to be no pitying. There was to be no sparing of Jericho. The edge of the sword was to devour man and woman, young and old. The city was burned with fire. And if God, was, if God is righteous, and He is righteous, then how, how could Rahab, that sinner, be spared? How could she be given life? It's only by this way of Jesus Christ coming into the world that the sword of God's justice awoke against His shepherd, against the man that 
is his fellow. The Lord Jesus Christ, he gave his life for Rahab. He, from all eternity, he undertook to be the surety of Rahab, the harlot. Notice how the the spies that come unto Rahab, how they say that they will be surety for her. In Joshua 2.14, And the men answered her, Our life for yours, if ye utter not this our business. And that quieted the heart of Rahab that she had a promise that they would be surety for her, that their lives would be for hers. And this is the only thing that can quiet the heart of a wrath-deserving sinner as a surety, as one who says, my life for hers. How do you know whether you've been truly Wounded by the hand of God in your conscience in the way that Rahab was? How do you know if you've been truly convicted and humbled by God in the way that Rahab was? Well, if you can turn away from that wounding and smiting under the word of God, if you can turn away to pleasures and distract yourself with pleasures, if you can turn and bury yourself in the busyness and anxieties and cares of this world, and then the hurt and wound upon your conscience goes away when you bury yourself. Then you know that the wound is not deep enough yet. Or, if you can give yourself to the outward performance of religious duties, and if you can salve your conscience that way, then you know the wound is not deep enough yet. But if God has wounded you in your conscience to see how death-deserving you are, then there will be nothing that can satisfy you except what satisfied Rahab, that she was given an oath and she was given a surety. These men who, in a way, they typified our Lord Jesus, saying, our life for yours. This is what Christ agreed to from eternity. My life for hers. My life for my elect. My life for my sheep. He lay down His life for those that had forfeited their own. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the surety for sinners. Now think of on his way to the cross of how he saved real sinners. He even came to this place of Jericho. We can think of Jericho as being like Curseville. But he came to Curseville, that city that was rebuilt under God's curse. And he was passing through Jericho one day. Just like the spies had come into Jericho, Christ came into Jericho and there was a man that had wanted to get a sight of our Lord Jesus. His name was Zacchaeus. 
He had gone up into a tree in order to get a sight of Christ. And Christ came to the place where he was, and he demanded entry into the house of Zacchaeus. He said, Make haste and come down, for I must abide at thy house today. Perhaps Rahab felt exposed when suddenly the messengers of the Lord came to her house, their presence in her house, where she was living her sinful life. It must have made her feel exposed. Well, Christ demanded to come into the very house of Zacchaeus. Christ demands to come today into your house. He says, make haste and come down. He would enter today into your house. How are you living in your house? Would you be convicted if the Son of God came into your house? Christ, He demands to enter there. I know that you would make haste and come down. That you would cast out sin and welcome Christ. Our Lord Jesus, he saved another Jericho sinner named Zacchaeus. Our Lord Jesus Christ, he saved other sinful women other than the harlot Rahab. The woman in Luke chapter 7, the sinful woman, where Simon the Pharisee said, this, Jesus can't be a prophet. Otherwise, he would know who it is, this woman who's coming up behind him, touching him and washing his feet with her tears. But of that woman, the Lord Jesus Christ said that she loved much because she was forgiven much. This is why Christ saves great sinners, so that they might love him greatly. There was a woman of Samaria, whom Christ met by a providential meeting. A woman living a sinful life. He offered to her the waters of life. He showed her all that ever she had done. And she said that she had found the Savior of the world. There was that sinful woman of John chapter 8, concerning whom Christ said, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Rahab, she declares to us that Christ saves real sinners. And may the Lord make us to know this today. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Amen. And would you stand with me as we pray?